1: Next, I want to talk about the Devin Ford transfer and why Notre Dame might be doing this, what it might mean for Notre Dame, just to, just to get into it. So just so you all understand, I I was on my way to Ohio this weekend. On I think it was Friday is when the decision came down. And I'm driving down the road. I had gotten about 30 minutes down the road, and I knew something like this was going to happen. I should have been better prepared. And so I get an alert that, Devin Ford has announced he's going to transfer. Now, I, I didn't know that Devin Ford was one of the guys Notre Dame was looking at. I didn't. I knew that they were looking at some running backs. I didn't know that he was going to be the guy that they were going to get. So, I was a, I was was caught off guard simply by him being the guy, but the timing of it. I, I wasn't I wasn't aware he was going to be committing on Friday. So I had to pull over. I'm pulling over on the highway. This is on the 89 Turnpike, and I just got semis just barreling by me. I had to get out of the car, go get my computer, write up the story, get it out and put it out there. And then obviously I was out of town all weekend. And so we haven't really had a chance to sit down and dive into this. And so I want to kind of, I kind of want to dive into why they would go after Devin Ford in the first place, sort of what he brings uh, to the table for Notre Dame, you know, what he adds to the table for Notre Dame and uh, just, how he fits and, and those type of things and, and how it impacts the Notre Dame roster.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: little bit of background on Devin Ford. Devin Ford was a member of the 2019 run, uh, recruiting class. He comes to Notre Dame with two seasons of eligibility remaining. I don't I don't know if he'll use all, both of them, but it's the co- he has a covid year meaning he played as a freshman in 19, played in 20. He got hurt in 20 and missed the second half of that season, but he played more than four games. He played in 2021, and then this year he played in four games and then chose to sit out and redshirt the remainder of the year. So that got him an extra year of eligibility. Again, I don't know if he's going to use it, but he's going to have it. So he does come with two years of eligibility, which is is good because if Audrick Estime leaves, if there's an injury, if there's a, somebody transfers or something like that, it gives you an extra guy that that you can have next year if you need to, if it if he pans out and he's able to help you. So it gives you some protection. And then if you're if you're good or if, you know he he may decide to move on, but there's a there's a lot of different ways that can go. But I think it was smart for Notre Dame to, and we've talked about this several times since Logan Diggs left. Notre Dame is okay if with the four backs they have, if everybody stays healthy. But it made sense for them to at least be open to portal options because, again, when you look at it, of that four, you have Audric Estime, who's been healthy. He hasn't had any issues so far. But after him, you've got Jadarian Price just coming off in an Achilles injury. And, and we all have this optimism uh, about, hey, look, he's a guy that is is talented and can be dynamic and be a number one back and was their best running back last year before the injury, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all that's true. I had Jared. I had Jaden Price graded out as a top hundred player coming out of high school, and I believe if he was healthy last year, we'd be talking about him and Benjamin Morrison as being criminally underrated coming out of high school. I really believe that, but we can't assume that's going to be the case, and and we can't assume that he's going to be that guy again because he didn't have a knee injury, he had an Achilles injury, and Achilles injuries are still a lot more shaky and questionable for guys some guys come back fine other guys come back and they're just not the same they don't have the same explosiveness they don't have the same cutting ability so we really don't know and and again this is a guy that didn't go through spring so it would be unwise in my opinion to just assume he's going to be back to full speed and and full health and be just his old self in in september and october I, i think it would be unwise to do that if he is great i mean great but you can't assume it. So, okay, well, what what else do you have on your depth chart? Well, you have Jabron Payne. Okay, cool. Jabron's a talented player. He was a guy that I graded as a four-star top 250 caliber back coming out of high school, even with the injuries. He's a guy that I thought looked really good in the spring. He looked great in the practice we were at, or the two the two practices we were at, although the second practice, they were more passing than running. But even then, I still liked what I saw from him, pass pro, catching the ball, and running. And then, of course, he looked good in this, in the blue-gold game. But again, we're talking about a guy that missed all of his, all of his, all but a half, I think, of his junior season and had 200 some rushing yards as a senior because he was banged up. And so we haven't seen him be a every down ball carrier since his sophomore year of high school. Could he end up being a really good player in Notre Dame? Absolutely. Can you assume he's going to be healthy and a good player at Notre Dame? No, you can't. Not if you're trying to really be honest about where you are as a football team. And then you say, okay, well, then you have Jeremiah Love. Big-time player, graded out as a top 50 recruit for me. Certainly a guy that I think can help Notre Dame as a freshman. But can he be a guy that comes in and can carry the ball 15-plus times against Ohio State and carry the load and and have 20-plus touches, 15-plus carries, carries, 5-plus receptions, pass block, and all that? That's asking a lot of a true freshman running back, especially one like him who is more of a slasher type of guy who's 190 to 195 pounds. So you ideally you're gonna see him play this year, but is he in a situation where you can assume he's gonna come in and be that kind of guy that he can be a Josh Adams type? Remember when Josh came in, remember he was a didn't play a ton early. Came in for a carry here, carry there. Was a big play guy. Had a big play against UMass. Uh, came in against USC. Had one carry for 26 yards. He ripped off a 26 yard game. We didn't see him again. Could could uh, Jeremiah Love be that? Absolutely. I anticipate him being that kind of back. Can he be a guy that once CJ Pro size went down, Josh Adams steps into the starting lineup and is now carrying the ball a lot more? That that I don't know. That I have some questions about. Because when you when you look at at what Josh did that season, you know, Josh ran for hundred yards, averaged seven yards of carry. But in the last five games of the year, Josh had actually I'm gonna go to uh I'm gonna go to, to total offense. So he had 20 touches, 17 touches, 13 touches, 18 touches, and 14 touches in those last five games of the season. That's a that's a heavy workload. Can Jeremiah be that kind of guy? I don't know. Josh Adams is over 200 pounds as a freshman. He was, I think, over 210 pounds as a freshman. And so when you add all those up, you say, boy, there's a lot of talent at running back. And if everybody's healthy, you're good. But I don't know if going into the season with just four is really the way you want to be. But you say, well, hey, look, there's always the option of moving Chris Tyree back. Very true. But now you say, well, what are you doing to Chris Tyree at that point in time? You had him spend all this time transitioning a receiver, and then you're going to make him transition to running back because he had injuries. So you land a guy like Devin Ford, and you say, okay, well, he's got a little bit of a checkered injury history as well, although it wasn't the season-ending type uh, of the really – shake. well, he did have a season-ending injury at Penn State, but it wasn't the same kind of, gee, I'm not sure if he's going to be the same guy anymore. He, he he's not someone that's necessarily t- panned out to be the guy that he was as a top hundred back coming out of high school but he's a good runner he's got some skill that we'll dive into and what i think he does is twofold at the bare minimum he does two things for you the bare minimum number one he gives you insurance at running back meaning he's a guy that comes in and say you got a fifth guy that you've now increased your margin for error at running back you now, have, you now have a guy that can come in and, and you know carry the ball as a rotation guy, can catch the ball, can do a little pass pro, can do some different things for it, can do a lot of things that you know that you, you would have expected Chris Tyree to do without the speed, a little bit shiftier. But concept-wise, the slasher type of stuff, he can do all that. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. And so now you've got four guys competing for those one to two spots behind Nodric Estimate. You also have a veteran guy in the lineup too. This is your most experienced player, not from a touches standpoint, but from the the, the aspect of years in the program, because he's now going into his fifth year. So I think bare minimum, he does that. And then the second part of the bare minimum is by him being there, you now can ensure that you're going to leave Chris Tyree outside. I think kind of pulling him back and forth is not going to allow you to utilize him in the past game, the way that I think they want to utilize him he would then become more of a niche player. And I think Notre Dame wants to be able to use Chris Irie much more than as a niche player. I think they want him to be able to play a lot in the slot. And then that would allow if, if so if him and Jay Greathouse can kind of say, Hey, we are set there with them in the slot. Then, then what you can do is you can still start Jaden Thomas there, but now you can play Jayden Thomas, some in the boundary. You can play Jaden some as, as the field outside guy. So now it's the boundary guys. Now the X, the the former X, now the outside field guy is now the Z, and the slot guy, which was the Z, is now the F. Just to remind you all about the new per, the, the new personnel na- na- names for that. But I think they would like to have Chris Tyree be more of a of a volume guy opportunity wise, reps-wise, to where yes, he rotates in with Jaden Thomas' the slot, but also can play with him if you're gonna move Jaden Thomas around. As well, that enhances your screen game. It enhances your RPO game. It gives you a guy that can catch the ball, and if he gets a crease, he's going to go. And they don't have a lot of that at receiver, and Chris brings that. Now that you have Devin Ford, the Chris Tyree transition to wide receiver stays on track. You don't have to now cross-train him at both, make sure he's still... You know, up to speed with his, you know, responsibilities and blocking responsibilities and footwork as a runner and that kind of stuff. You just continue move forward, man. You just keep moving forward, this transitional wide receiver. So bare minimum, I think Devin Ford does that. But then there's the question of, well, can he be more than that? I mean, you're talking about a kid that rivals ranked as the number 40 overall player in the country is the number one running back in college football in high school football in 2019. Uh, I didn't rank him that high. I'll be honest with you. I viewed him as more of a top 50 kind of guy coming out of high school. And you had uh, ESPN ranked him at number 146, number two, uh, seven sports, ranked him, um, ranked him at number 108. I think that to me is more in line with how I saw Devin Ford coming out of high school. Uh, I think when you look at it, was not a, it was not a great running back class. If you go back and and, and look at that class, and by when I say run, he was the number one all-purpose running back coming out of high school. Uh, is what he was ranked by uh by 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 um rivals because they uh, the number 1 overall running back was Trey Sanders and i i believe John Emery also ranked ahead of him but that year they signed Noah Kane and uh Devin Ford Noah Kane ranked 43rd and De- Devin Ford ranked 4th so he was the number 3 overall running back coming out but the number 1 Guy it wasn't a great running back class. At least it hasn't panned out. Trey Sanders hasn't panned out. John Emery hasn't panned out because of injuries, both injuries. Noah Kane has been injured a lot. Jack, Zach Charbonnet ended up being pretty good. Austin Jones had a good year last year, but hasn't been great. Kenny McIntosh has just been okay. Isaiah Spiller didn't – I mean, he, he was good. I liked Isaiah Spiller at uh, Texas a and Samson James didn't pan out. Uh, there's just been a lot of guys in that class that were expected to be really good players that haven't panned out. And and he is one of those. Having said that, when when you look at him and you you break him down, you say, well, there were some things to like about him coming out of high school. There's no doubt about that. He was a guy that certainly brought a lot of big playability uh, as a high school player. I thought he was more of a slasher that was quick than he was a burner. Like I don't, I never viewed him as like a Chris Tyree uh, type of big play back. But I thought he was a guy that could could help you, could make some plays, be dangerous with the ball in his hands. And, and he showed promise. I mean, first game of his career, he, I'm pulling it up right now. I think he had 100 yards in the first game of his career. Yes, as a true freshman in 2019, first game of the year he against Idaho, he carries the ball six times for 107 yards. Uh, about a month later, he, had, he goes against Maryland, has seven carries for 43 yards, uh, ends up having 38 yards against Indiana, 38 against Purdue, ends the year with 294 yards. The next season comes out. He is battling for the starting job at Penn State. He ends up having 20 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown against Indiana. Goes for eight for 36 against Ohio State, nine for 36 against Maryland, six for 66 against Nebraska. And he got hurt against Iowa and only carried the ball three times. Uh, didn't play against Indiana or Michigan the next week. Comes back in December against Rutgers, goes 11 for 65, is injured again and misses the rest of the year. The last in the two years since. He's had less than 100 yards of to- total. And so when, when you look at that, I, I think it, it's there's questions about, okay, it, where is he health-wise? Well, last year he chose to sit out, so it wasn't an injury situation. Uh, played one game, had seven carries for 37 yards against Auburn, and then they decided to, to, to sit him, and the young guys had, had passed him up basically.
0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: So he jumps in a portal and Notre Dame gets him. So then you say, okay, what can he bring to the table? And and as I said earlier, the one thing I would say about Devin Ford is I think he brings a very similar role to what Chris Tyree did. Now, again, I don't, I'm not talking about similar style of play. I think they're different runners. I think Chris Tyree is a guy to me that I view as more of a home run threat. He's more of a one cut and go uh, type of player. He is a put the foot in the ground, see the inside zone like he did against Syracuse, like he did against Clemson. Hit that backside and take it and take it to the house. Chris Tyree's never been a guy that you get in area in, in space and say, hey, you know, go go juke people, go make people miss. Uh, there, so their skill set is different. What I'm referring to is I think the way that you use them is similar, meaning, you know, Devin is a slasher type of back. He's an inside, outside, and zone kind of guy. Uh, he's a guy that you can run on some counter concepts. He's a guy that you can utilize to make catches out of the backfield. And he's got pretty good hands, caught the ball well out of the backfield in high school. And he's a guy that that isn't the, the biggest guy. 5'11", 195-ish, 200 pounds-ish. Uh, a guy that 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 I think can, uh, can be a, a – now, I do not say shifty, but shiftier type of back than really what you have at some other guys. And you know, A lot of your other guys, he's more he's more similar to Jabron Payne in that regard. But he's the guy that I think brings some some of the ability where he would fit pretty well in the Notre Dame offense. Uh, he would fit very well into inside zone, outside zone. He's a guy that can bounce a duo cut. He's a guy that can hit it upside. He's not a guy that you're going to use as a battering ram. You are If you're using him the way you used Chris Tyree last year, you're making the same mistake you made with Chris Tyree last year. If you use him like they used Chris Tyree in the past, inside zone, outside zone, counter, getting him outside, not getting him outside to let him attack the edge and use speed because I don't think he's a, that type of burner type, but I got you're attacking outside with an outside zone where he can make a cut and then get a vertical insertion uh, on an outside zone type of situation. So I think he brings a lot of that type of game to the table, which is how you should have used Chris Tyree schematically. I think he can play that role. And so I think in that regard, he can fit. Now the question is, is what kind of production can he bring? And and that to me is the biggest question mark with Devin Ford because we it's just been so long since we've seen him be that kind of back. I mean, we haven't seen him really be featured at all since 2020. And so I think ideally in a perfect world, he comes in early. Him and him and Jabron Payne are sort of that second and third back. I will be shocked if Jadarian Price is is full go by August 26th. I just don't anticipate that. If he is, great. This is just my opinion. I don't I don't think he'll be ready for that. And if he is healthy, I don't think you just want to throw him out there and say, hey, here's 10 touches. Let's go. I think you want to build him up to where by the time you get to late September, October, and then of course November, now Jadarian's ready to go and you've got those fresh legs ready to go at teams in October, November. That would be my hope uh, that he's ready to do that. If he's ready earlier, great. But I just don't anticipate it. So now you've got Jabron Payne and you've got Devin Ford that if Devin can simply just be what he was at Penn State, I'm even going back to what he was in high school. he can just be what he was in 19 and 20 at Penn State, you've got a good quality rotation back. You got a guy that'll make good decisions, you know, a guy that can can run can run your slasher type of stuff inside outside zone, a guy that can come in and give you you know, seven to eight quality carries a game. And then you have, you know, Jabron Payne getting you seven to eight quality carries a game. And then of course you've got Audrick estimate getting you 15 to 18 quality carry or high quality carries a game. So it's and he's also a kid that can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got some experience in that regard too. So I think when I look at it, I think that's kind of the role that he can, he can have for Notre Dame. And if he can be healthy and fill that role, then, then I think this is a good pickup. I do. I think it makes sense numbers-wise. I think it gives you some insurance in case of injury. And I think he's a kid that fits their system. I do. And you're going into Virginia. He's a kid that's from, from northern Virginia. It's another Virginia kid. You know, If things work out well for him at Notre Dame, if they treat him good, which I anticipate they will, if he's able to have some success, get his master's degree and do all that kind of stuff, because I believe he's a graduate and he was at Penn State for four years, Then, of course, you're going to have created some great vibes back in North Virginia where there's a lot of talent, State of Virginia now. When I was younger, most of the talent was in sort of the Tidewater, Hampton Roads area up to Richmond. There were some players from Northern Virginia like Eddie Royal and Sean Glennon were from there. There were some guys from up that way. But most of the talent was in the southeastern part. Well, now it's very balanced, and you're getting even more Northern Virginia talent like Notre Dame is seeing with Bodie Cahoon and guys like that, where Chris Tyree was more of a a Richmond kid. So I think if you can go up there and have some success, that only helps you as well. So all in all, this is a good, this is a good transfer pickup. I, I know that there were some rumblings that they were looking at King Doru from Purdue, a kid that Notre Dame recruited out of high school. To me, I would much rather have Devin Ford than King Doru. King Doru is going to do the same things Aldrich Estime can do, just not very well. Uh, he is an experienced guy that would bring you some physicality. What I like about Devin Ford is Devin brings a different style of play to what your starter is, which makes him a much better complementary player. So I think this pickup makes a lot of sense. I think it gives him good numbers. Him having two years of eligibility, if he or and you both decide you want to use that, and Audric goes pro or there's some injuries, you have some protection now for this year and potentially next year with a veteran player. Should injury the injury bug, or even if you have a lot of success, and the guy like Audric Estimate wants to go pro. You now have some pro- some protection, so I think those are all aspects that make me say, you know what, I really like this pickup. I think this makes a lot of sense. This isn't a needle moving pickup to where, uh, hey, you're you're now gonna be better than you were because you got this kid. What I think this helped. No, it's not that, but it is a you're not gonna have as big of a uh, you're not gonna be in as big a pain as you would be if you lose Audric. Jadarian's not healthy and now you're trying to go at teams with just Jabron and Jaden Price, or, I mean, J, uh, Jeremiah Love, I don't love that idea. But if you're trying to go at teams, Audrick gets hurt. For some. I pray he doesn't, but if he gets hurt, and Jaden Price isn't back, isn't back yet, and you've got to go into a game with Jabron Payne and Jeremiah Love and Devin Ford, okay, you're, you're going to be okay. With the offensive line you have, you're going to be okay. And that's why I like this pickup and why I think it was smart. And I'm, I'm glad this was the guy that they went and got. Of the backs on the board that they went after, this is one that you got. Because he's also not someone who's going to scare people off. He's not going to be a guy like, oh, they got Devin Ford. I'm out of here. I'm not coming. I'm not going to take two backs in the two, 2024 class. I think those um, uh, those are many some of the reasons why I think this is a good pickup for Notre Dame.